Welcome to the One Away Show, presented by BW Missions. I am Brian Wish, and I am your host, and thanks so much for being here. On this show, I sit down with compelling entrepreneurs, authors, and rising leaders to talk through their most transformative relationships, experiences, and epiphanies. Curated with entrepreneurial leaders in mind, we'll dig into these finite moments in people's lives and understand how they helped set their path forward. Shankman is the founder of Haro, Help a Reporter Out, which became the standard for thousands of journalists looking for sources. He also founded and leads the Shank Minds Breakthrough Network, which is an elite online mastermind of thought leaders, business experts, and change makers, as well as Faster Than Normal, a podcast on ADHD focusing on the superpowers and gifts of having a faster than normal brain. The New York Times has called Peter Shankman a rock star who knows everything about social media and then some. He's a five-time best-selling author, entrepreneur, and corporate keynote speaker, focusing on customer service and new emerging customer economy. He is recognized worldwide for radically new ways of thinking about customer experience, social media, PR, marketing, advertising, and ADHD. In his personal life, Peter is a father, two-time Ironman athlete, a Class B licensed skydiver, and an avid Peloton rider. He's based in New York City with his daughter and 19-year-old cat, both of whom refuse him access to the couch. Peter, welcome to the One Away Show. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. As I shared earlier, you know, it was great hearing you talk a few years ago back at the Next Gen. So uh, thank you, Justin and Dylan. Peter, you know, what is the one away moment that you want to share with us today? I think the one away moment for me was the was the the day that I the day after I sold Help a Reporter out. You know, for me, uh, I had worked really hard and, and, and in three years built this company. You know, it is a it was uh, busted my ass to do it, and it was acquired and it proved to me that you know something I built was worth something was worth a lot actually for by another company, and then um, wound up um, you know when it got acquired, I was I was you know thought it was amazing and everything. And it was the announcement was made in Washington D.C. and I live in New York City. And the next day, I flew back home uh, after the announcement was made. And I remember I got home and I was in the elevator. And I had two cats at the time. I was in the elevator and I was coming into my apartment. And for the first time in my life, I started to believe my own press. So the first time in my life, I let myself believe that I might be as good as other people said, right? And I remember thinking in the elevator, I'm like, man, I'm the shit. I got some money. I just sold this company. I got a lot of money in the bank. I'm the bum. And I walked in the apartment and um, I had two cats and both the cats over the 24 hours I left them alone, had gotten into a dry, a 25 pound bag of dried food. They basically eaten as much as they could and then drank as much water as they could and then puked their guts up on my uh, hallway, entryway, entry hallway rug. And they did this multiple times, six, seven times in a row at least over the course of 24 hours. And so I walked in and I'm greeted by these two cats just sort of smiling at me with just fucking rivers of puke on, on, the, on the rug next to me. I spent the first three hours of my life as a millionaire uh, scrubbing cat puke from my rug, right? And, and I really believe that was my life-changing moment. Not so much selling the company, but that moment as I'm on my knees scrubbing out cat puke because that was the universe saying to me, okay, you did good, but don't get cocky, mm. right? Stay humble because this shit can go away really, really fast. And that's, I don't think enough people understand that they, they, you know, they do well, something blows up, they get big, something happens and they just assume it's all going to be like that forever. And, and whether it's fame or money or fortune or whatever, everything in this universe is so fleeting. And I don't think anywhere near enough people understand how fleeting 
everything can be. Fame is great and money is great, power is great, but it can be all taken away from you so quickly. And that's one of the things that people really need to understand is that if you have any level of success, two things have to happen. You have a responsibility to send the elevator back down and help other people. Mm. But you also have to understand that you're fortunate. You might have worked your ass off, and I'm not denying that. I did work my ass off, no question about it, but you have to continue working your ass off, mm. right? The second you sit there and say, okay, I did it, I'm awesome, that's the, the second you start failing. Yeah. And wow. it's very important that you that people remember that. You have to keep working every day like you just started out, like you were just starting out. Hmm. My uh, my mom told me always growing up, you're only as good as your last at bat. Yep, no question about it. And what a what a humbling experience, right? To to walk into the cat and the puke on the rug and and after such a high, right? It's like you're 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 evened out, you know, in a way. Oh, it was amazing. And it, but 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 here's the thing: the cat's name was Karma. I totally believe that was supposed to happen. Oh, the cat's wow, name was that Karma is weird. Sake. Right? How cool is that? The cat's name was Karma. I mean, that was supposed to happen, right? Oh, weird goosebumps. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay. So you said something I want to lean into a little bit. You you said, you know, you rode the elevator up, you know, the first time as a millionaire and, uh, you know, created something of immense value. But the way you described it, in my, my sense was it was almost validating in a way. Like you finally had like that worth of, of achievement. I... So my question to you is prior to the acquisition of Haro, did you have like that sense of validation or self-worth or was it maybe more fulfilled once the acquisition happened? Well, you got to realize that one of the things about uh, me, I'm massively ADHD. In fact, one of my projects, uh, I've written a best-selling book called Faster Than Normal, which focuses on, on the gifts of ADHD. But the thing about ADHD is that ADHD magnifies your successes and your failures. And it also magnifies how your brain works. So it magnifies greatly all of your imposter syndrome. Any level of imposter syndrome you might have is magnified a billion times when you have ADHD Mm -hmm. or any sort of neurodiverse brain. And so it has always been, and still very much is, very hard for me to believe that I am doing anything beneficial, that I am succeeding in any way, that I am having fun, that I am am generating revenue, that, that people actually like me right? Not a day goes by. You know, I, you know, I wake up every morning and I'm sure that today is the day that New York Times is going to write an article about how completely full of shit I am. Right. And and then when I check the New York Times and they haven't written it, the only reason they haven't written it is obviously because I'm not important enough for the New York Times to want to cover me. Right. So, so it's a constant battle with your brain Mm. to try and convince your brain, um, you know, to just keep moving forward. Right. As, as Rocky says, you know, keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. It's, it's not how hard you hit, it's how hard you get hit. And so, and how much you can take and keep moving forward. And so a lot of what I focus on and that I've learned from these lessons is the concept that, that um, the only person I'm trying to beat is myself yesterday. And if I can do a little bit better today than I did yesterday, um, I'm doing okay. And, you know, I stopped caring years ago what mm. other people think. And it's not always as easy as, as, as it sounds, right? It's not always as easy. Oh, I don't care what they think. Of course you do. You're always going to care. But, you know, it, it, if you work at it, it gets, you care less and less, yeah. right? And, and you know, I, I know that what matters to me is how I'm doing today versus yesterday. I did a 45-minute uh, row 
today I have a rowing machine behind me and I did a 45 minute row today and I beat, uh, I, I got my best time ever. I, I broke 10,000 meters. Uh, in Congrats. And that's huge for me. Right. And, and so, especially because I've been training for the, the Ironman world championships in Kona, Hawaii. And for two years in a row, they've been canceled because of COVID. So I've been training for this shit for like 36 months and they keep getting canceled. And I'm just, you know, and then I have foot issues and all this. So to be able to, you know, you find what you can do that keeps you moving forward. And, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be a lot. It can be a little tiny thing each day, but it has to be something, right? Because otherwise you're just going to sit there and you're going to start believing your own press. And, and then that's, you're either going to start believing your own press or you're going to start believing your own brain. Mm. And both of those can be deadly. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, I mean, what, what great awareness, you know, obviously you've, you've lived with ADHD, you know, for, for a number of years or since, you know, you were born and uh, have found maybe the right ways to cope or maybe not believe the impress in the brain, which can be a dangerous place when you aren't focused on, you know, the 1% better mentality of every day. Just curious, you know, you, when I saw you talk a few years ago and just even now, right. You, I, I think you have a more, let's just say positive warmth and energy to maybe your experiences. How was your ADHD uh, maybe nurtured growing up by your family? I'm just curious how you'd answer that question. Well, when you're, when you're, when you're ADHD, ADHD doesn't exist when I was growing up. When I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, ADHD didn't exist. What existed was sit down, you're disrupting the class again, mm. right? And, and, and Peter would be, well, I'll read this to you. I'm literally my, on my Facebook profile. On my Facebook profile, I have my, my background photo is, is something I found in my parents' storage unit several years ago. Apparently, they saved everything. And one of the things they saved was like my second grade report card right? Where they listed socialization. Peter accepts responsibilities and is very helpful in class. However, he shows little self-control in speech and at times doesn't follow directions. He can work independently, but has a relatively short attention span for his age. Therefore, he doesn't concentrate on his work. Peter seems to relate with children either older or younger than himself. So, you know, that right there, that tells you everything you need to know about how they framed ADHD. ADHD Mm -hmm. was framed as you are disrupting the class. Therefore, what you have is a negative and you are broken. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with, you know, what, 25, 30 years of you're broken. And it wasn't until I started, I finally got diagnosed and looked at my ADHD as, holy shit, this could actually be a positive because all this weird shit that I've been getting in trouble for that I do is actually beneficial and actually helps me if I use it the right way. And if I put rules into place. So, so growing up, my parents were very supportive. Don't get me wrong. They're incredibly supportive of me. I'm very fortunate. And they, they, they're still alive. They live three blocks from me um, in Manhattan, which is great. Like in, instant built-in babysitter for me, but um, or, well, for my kid, but um, the downside is that, you know, they just figured that I was a fuck up, right? They just figured, okay, you know, look, he walks to the beat of a different drummer. He's a little weird. Maybe he'll survive. We'll, we'll figure it away. But, you know, getting, when I, when I quit my last, I had, like a, one job in my life. I worked for America online. And when, when I, when I got laid off by them, I came back home and I like, okay, let's start my own company. And I'm going to call it the geek factory. And we're going to do PR. I've never done PR before, but how hard could it be? And, you know, my parents just sit there like, Ugh. you know, yet a year and a half later or two years later, geek factory was acquired. So, you know, it's one of those things that, that, that they started over time to realize, okay, what he's doing is, is actually good. It works for him. Right. Mm. And that's one of the key things that I think every entrepreneur has to learn. What works for you is what matters. Mm. No one come, no one. I've said this, I say this all the time and I just I keep saying it. It doesn't, if you enjoy it or if it helps you and it benefits you, it doesn't hurt anyone else. It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. Yeah. 
Wow. Right? And, and I think that people just need to sort of learn that and understand that better because they don't. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard, I think, to get pretty comfortable with yourself, right? I think first and foremost to figure out what works for you in a, in a world of comparison. And especially the entrepreneurs who are constantly, I think, seeking validation, a lot of them. Um, they're seeking validation and they're also seeking, you know, advice, right? And that's the biggest problem is, you know, listen to everyone, but be really wary of the advice that you take. There, there are a couple of, I mean, there's some, there's some, CEOs out there and entrepreneurs out there, you know, hustle, hustle, hustle. And if, you know, if you only have 20, if you if you only have 24 hours a day and you know, you have a family and you, you have a full-time job and you, you know, and you only can sleep four hours, sleep two hours and work those other two hours, they, they, they're telling you how to kill yourself, right? And you, be very aware and careful of whose advice you take. Totally. Right? You know, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm, I'm active in NFTs and I'm active in crypto and oh my God, there are 57 quadrillion people who will give you advice. Oh, sell this one, buy this one. Listen to everything, but at the end of the day, make your own decisions based on the research that you've done. Mm-hmm. No uh, doubt. Totally. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, hard, hard lessons to learn to trust yourself, right? And uh, to, but to your point, right? You're not saying you're perfect at it, but I think just through your, how you've grown up and developed, you know, you've had to, you know, learn to lean into that uh, to the well, best. Also, also, I embrace my fuck ups. I mean, God knows I have made so many mistakes in my life. I and mean, the whole reason I have a new, um, a new, uh, I have an assistant. I've had her for 13 years. And the whole reason I have her is because, uh, my first international speaking gig was, I was hired to speak in, in Singapore. I booked my ticket like two months in advance and I get to the airport. I'm like, I'm so excited. It's awesome. And flight was like, Hey, or gate agents like, Hey, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to Singapore. And I hand her my passport. So like, you want to Singapore? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to Singapore. Like, you booked a ticket to Shanghai. <laughs> and I didn't even hear her. I'm like, yeah, go to Singapore. And she's like, and you booked a ticket to Shanghai. I'm like, well, oh, um, are they close? Can I rent a car? No, they're not close. They're about 8,000 miles away. It's over water. Would you like me to price you a new ticket? And it costs, it wound up, I wound up spending the entire fee that I made for that speech, plus like an extra 600 bucks or something to change that flight. Um, lesson learned, right? So, so as long as you're learning from these things, you know, mistakes are awesome. I'll never hire anyone who hasn't failed. You have to fail. It's the greatest thing in the world. If you don't fail, I don't want to know you, right? If you haven't failed, what's the purpose? I, you need to fail. It's so mandatory you have to fail. It's just, it's just, it's a requirement because if you don't fail, you can't grow. And if you can't grow, you can't learn. Absolutely. You can't learn, you can't grow. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just appreciate the context. I want to come back to that moment uh, with the cats. But before I do, just one question for you. You've talked about maybe some of the, you know, F up moments around, you know, ADHD and maybe some of the things, but you know, you said you've seen it as a, an upside as well. You've seen it as a positive for the listeners listening. And and can you maybe share, you know, maybe some of the more a positive experience or more positive upsides of the things that you've discovered that are opportunities and um, advantages of actually having ADHD? So there are countless advantages. I mean, I can't even. Where do I begin to start? As long as you know how your brain works and you know you understand how to do it and you understand how to sort of avoid the pitfalls. Um, there's a great movie that came out that you're probably way too young to remember called War Games. It starred um, um, Matthew Broderick and, and I think it was Ali Sheedy. Um, and it was uh, about a kid who manages to hack his, his modem into, uh, into the Department of Defense and almost start, start, start a nuclear war with Russia. There's a, there's a restaurant below that I gladly could easily sell you to. And um, long story short, uh, there's this great line where he has to teach the computer how to not, 
he has to teach the computer that that, that, that that nuclear war has no winners, right? Everyone loses, right? And he does this with tic-tac-toe. And the last line of the um, of the movie is is the robot learning uh, or the computer learning, and, and it says, um, "Interesting game. Uh, the only winning move is not to play." And one of the things about that I learned about ADHD is that you have a very very fast brain, which means that you're moving at a million miles an hour, and if you have a, a, a Honda, a Honda Accord, and you've driven that Honda Accord all your life, and then one day someone shows up with a Lamborghini and says, here, it's for you, trades you, right? And you start dri- driving this Lamborghini. You're gonna, if you drive it the same way you drive a Honda Accord, you know, floor it to get on the highway because it doesn't go that fast, you're going to crash into a tree, you're going to die, right? And so I've had to learn how to use my faster brain by putting regulations and rules into place to prevent me from driving into a tree or, or, or creening off the road. Um, Having a faster brain is awesome. I've written an entire, I wrote, I wrote a bestseller book, bestselling book called Faster Than Normal. And actually the one before that too called Zombie Loyalists, both bestsellers. I wrote them entirely on planes. Literally Zombie Loyalists, I had a year to write the book and my, uh, I did all the research like the first month and forgot about it. And then the publisher calls me like two weeks left. She's like, hey, uh, ready? I'm like, yeah, no problem. I had anything written, not one page. And I, um, I booked a flight the next day. I, I literally hung up the phone and called United and booked a flight to Tokyo, leaving the next morning. Um, and I, I, I brought my laptop and a sweatshirt and a power cord and my headphones. And I got on the plane and I wrote chapters one through five on the flight to Tokyo. I landed in Tokyo, went to the lounge. 14 hours later, had a, had a, had a cup of coffee and a, like a, a, a piece of sushi, took a shower, got back on the same plane, same seat two hours later and wrote chapters six through 10 on the flight home. I didn't even clear immigration. I landed 36 to 34 hours like that later with a book and um, then, got, then got held up uh, by Department of Homeland Security for five hours because I didn't actually clear immigration in Tokyo. <laughs> but literally I spent $5,000 and everyone's like, oh my God, you're crazy. You spent $5,000 to go nowhere. I'm like, no, I spent $5,000 to write a book because I know how my brain works. When I get on that plane, there is literally nothing I can do but sit there and be on my computer, right? Internet sucks. I'm not gonna walk off the plane. There are no good movies. I'm gonna write. I have no distractions. And so it's about learning how my brain works. The reason that I'm able to have this conversation with you right now wow. and not get distracted uh, in a million different things. I'm, I'm looking out my window. I'm on the 56th floor. I have a gorgeous view of Manhattan. But the reason I'm focused on you right now is because I spent 45 minutes this morning working out. Um, I did a really, really hard rower workout. And that gave me the dopamine and the serotonin and the adrenaline that I need to be able to focus on this conversation. Hmm. So it, it's about knowing yourself. Your, 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 your neurodiverse brain is capable of incredible things as long as you know how to use it properly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Uh- that Tokyo story is unbelievable. I've never <laughs> heard anything like it. So thanks for the story. But yeah, I think the overall theme of what you just said, right? It's knowing how you work and then how do you build in the behaviors or behavior sets, right? That allow you to be most effective, like growing in the morning. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled that, um, I feel like most people would never reach that level of bodily or mental awareness, right? And, the well, fact and that- keep in mind, I mean, don't put me on any sort of pedestal. I'm certainly not any 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 better than anyone else. I just know what works for me. And I know it works for me primarily because I fucked up so many times, right? There's a reason I very, 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 very rarely drink. In fact, I'm, I quit for several years. And there's a reason I, I super rarely, like I'll have a drink maybe... Um, in a, you know, twice a year, if that, and it'll be in a, in a, in a, in a specific place. Like I'll have, I'll, I'll, my girlfriend will come over and we'll have a drink in my apartment to celebrate something. We won't go out. We won't go to a bar we'll go to, because I know I don't, there's a great line from the movie, uh, from the TV show West wing. I don't want one drink. I want 10 drinks. Right. And I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't think of myself as having a problem in the respect that I'm very aware of it. But if I took the governors off of how I, how I live my life 
and, and accepted, oh yeah, come to this office party, come to this event, come to this holiday party. You know, I, I believe any, any, any given day, I'm three bad decisions in a row away from being a junkie in the streets. And so the key is not to start that first decision. And so I'm very aware of, mm. of the things I do. I, I don't, you know, my, I, I, my keynotes anywhere in the world basically say, uh, I'll keynote, you'll pay me and pay my travel, except in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, I'm required to do a lunchtime keynote and that's it. And if you want me for a morning or an evening keynote, you're going to fly me to LA either the night before or the night, the day, the day of my keynote, you oh. know, you'll fly me in the night before to LA and then I'll, you'll take, you'll pay for a 6am flight to fly me from Vegas, from LA to Vegas to give a morning keynote at 9am because otherwise I have to fly into Vegas the night before and spend the night in Vegas. Nothing good's going to come of that. Am I going to gamble away my daughter's, you know, college fund? Of course not, but let's not give myself the opportunity to test that theory. Yeah. Right. Wow. So you learn what works for you and you learn what doesn't. If I don't exercise every day, it is a very, very slippery slope to skipping one day, turning into skipping four weeks. And then I've skipped four weeks and now I weigh 20 pounds more. I'm miserable. I hate everyone. Fuck this life. Right. So you literally have to understand how your body works and how your brain works and work with it uh, in that capacity. Because if you don't, yeah, bad things can happen. It's great to be an entrepreneur and great to have this level of speed. On the flip side, you got to know how to control it. I, I appreciate the awareness. I appreciate the context to your own life and, and your own behaviors. And one, one more question. I'm going to get back to the one away moment. What would you say to the, you know, I remember at your talk you gave a few years ago, you offered people to go run with you. So let's say that, that running group that you cultivated, what would you say to those um, people for how to develop, you know, that level of awareness for their own body? What does that take? It takes a lot of mistakes. Right. No one, no one really, you never meet anyone. I, I very rarely meet anyone who's, who has a, a laundry list of things they've, of lessons they've learned when good stuff happens. I learned some good stuff when I um, sold the company. Right. But I've learned so much more by the mistakes I've made because, you know, I heard a great quote once. Remember that time you confused a soulmate with a life lesson? Right? <laughs> I, I learned, dude, no joke. I learned more about myself and about what I need in my life from former relationships, right? And I'm in a relationship right now with someone and I am just so fucking lucky to, to have gone through everything I went through because it prepared me to be who I am, to meet her and to be ready when she came into my life, right? So, so you have to, you know, you have to understand that and you have to know that, that, that the mistakes, again, the mistakes are the best things you could possibly want. And, and that's how you learn and that's how you grow is, is if you don't look at, I mean, mistakes suck. I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, oh yeah, I mean, I'm not like that. But, but the key is, you know, find that value in, in, in everything that goes wrong, find the, there's value in it somewhere, find it, find out what it is, find where it went, find what it is. And, and that'll change you. That'll help you tremendously. Wow. <laughs> quote, quote, uh, quote, quote, quote is uh, good. Um, <laughs> I appreciate the transparency and the perspective. And uh, I appreciate just, you know, you sharing, you know, you're learning from mistakes, but, you know, having the awareness to make changes around them. So really, really good to talk about, you know, just health, mental health, body health, you know, all the things that, you know, I think allow someone to operate and succeed in, in the most profound ways. So let, let's go back after we've kind of addressed the past a bit in a beautiful way, by the way, um, about you selling the business, walking up to, you know, your rug, and what happened after you were, you became level-headed in, in an instant. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're a millionaire at the same time. So who did Peter become after those two moments? 
I don't know if I've changed that much. I think that at the core, I'm still this dork who, you know, who likes to try new things. I think I have, I have been given the benefit of, again, not caring so much what other people think, mm-hmm. you know, selling a company will do that. But on the flip side, um, I like to think I've become much more aware of, of not only who I am, but sort of what I can accomplish. And when I, when I think back, you know, it's like, a friend of mine is a, is a Navy SEAL. He's a former Navy SEAL. He's retired now. And, and he always talks about Hell Week. Hell Week is this thing that in week five of Navy SEAL training, they basically put the, um, put the, the candidates through like a full week where they get, I think they get five hours sleep in 168 hours, right? They, they, and, and the rest of it is just, it's just hardcore training. And they're, they're running and they're running like hundreds of miles in that week. And they're, they're, they're doing exercises and you know, this and that. And about half the class rings out, they ring a bell and they, 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 they're immediately, they leave the program and they're transferred back to uh, wherever they were, the Marines, Air Force, Army, whatever. Um, and there's always, you know, there's always a handful that finish and they, they go on. The, the, the master chief, the guy who's in charge of everything said, I remember he told me that he said this, he's one of the guys who survived and, you know, he's, he, he, he got through hell week and he talked about how he felt afterwards and the, <laughs> he said something that, I mean, it makes me tear up to this day. He said, you know, you're, you're, you're relieved. You, you, you survived hell week. Go, go rest now. And he said, but guys, one thing, remember this, no matter what you do for the rest of your life, whether you, whether you're a military, you stay in the military for your entire career or whether you do your, your term and you, you go out and you open a latte stand, he goes, it doesn't matter. He goes, remember this, you survive this and, and, and you can survive anything. If you survive this, you can survive anything. And I, I, I always think about that because you know, through the good and the bad, I'm still here, right? I, another great quote. Remember that that girl you said you could never live without when she broke up with you years ago. Look at you all living in shit, right? It's you know, it's this it's this concept that that you were so much stronger than we think we are, and and we just have to understand that yeah, bad stuff is going to come and test us every single day, and how we work it, how we get through it, determines whether or not we'll survive it. And I look at you know, all the mistakes I've made and all the stupid things I've done and, and, and see how they benefited me and see how I've done well from them and, and sort of what's next in that regard. And, and, and what can I do that has helped me? And what can I do that is, that is, what have I learned from this and, and, and taking that with me? But in the end, I'm still just the guy who, who, as my mother put it once, she, she tells a story fondly of when I, when she walked into the, my room and I was like eight years old and I had somehow trapped, they had a, we had a family cat. I'd somehow trapped the cat in my room and was about to shave it. And, and my mother said to me, she goes, okay, number one, stop that. You know, you're not, you're not going to shave this cat. Number two, why would you do that? And I looked at her and said, I wanted to see what would happen. And she goes, nothing good happens if you shave a cat. You know, it was this hysterical, this hysterical conversation, but in my head, that's exactly how my brain worked. Let's see what happens, right? Every company I've started, everything I've done, every, you know, I had an idea on a plane back from Iceland the other day. I'm like, I wonder if I should do a webinar on da 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 da. And so on the plane, I wrote a little, like a like a, a four paragraph thing and said, okay, I'm gonna launch this webinar. I'm gonna charge 50 bucks for it or whatever. And I posted online. I'm like, anyone wanna come to this? And like a hundred people have signed up so far, right? So hundred people times 50 bucks a person. Because why wouldn't you? right? What do you have to lose? And I think that's the most important thing. Ideas, so many ideas have died, not because of, not because they've been bad. I mean, a lot of ideas have died because they're bad, but not because they've been bad. More ideas have died more than anything else. More ideas have died because people didn't go after them, mm-hmm. right? And they just stayed there on the side of the road and as, as, as other ideas passed them by. 
And the only difference between your idea and their idea was that they had a little more determination to go and do it. Yeah. There's that quote about, you know, the, the graveyard, you know, and all, and all the ideas that never were born and, you know, they're in the graveyard because people never acted on them. And that just mantra of, of let's see what happens, right. To go build or build a life that, you know, you want is, is, is great. And maybe under that same vein, you know, since, since the acquisition, how have you maybe taken that quote, let's see what happens and, and applied it to new ideas, new ventures, new, you know, books, talks, you know, what, what has maybe been the result of, of going in with that open mind? I think, for me, what I've learned from that is you never know what's going to succeed, but you definitely know what's going to fail if you don't take the opportunity, right? If you don't take the opportunity, you're definitely going to fail. There's no question about it. And, and that is pretty much the only guarantee in life is that if you don't try, you're going to fail. Yeah. So why not try? And I, 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 I don't know if I can explain it any better or any easier. That, that is literally it. If you don't try, you're going to fail. So, you know, try. What's the worst going to happen? You do fail, but at least you tried. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important, right, to to go after the things that you believe in. And uh, I think you're testing. What other, what other chances do you have, right? Literally, right. what other options are there? Right. You know, that's it. <laughs> and, and Peter, you know, just because we're, we're kind of going here on this, this early morning or I'm West coast, but you know, we're, we're going here on the Monday, you know, if you were to write a um, memoir, it was going to be your last book, you know, what, what are maybe some of the top moments that you would include that maybe you're most proud of uh, or have been fulfilled by from your own life? I think definitely having my daughter, obviously that goes without saying, I would suggest that, uh, I would I would think that again you know selling my company, buying my first apartment, because uh, living in New York City that's not necessarily an easy thing to do. Um, I think, but more more than any of that, except except my daughter's obviously number one. But next, right next to that is um, writing a book that every day to this day, five years later, I get emails from people uh, thanking me, and that's faster than normal. That's about ADHD. But emails from people telling me that for the first time they don't feel like they're alone. For the first time they see someone else that has the same issues that they do. And, and every single day, I mean, I've written five books, four of them are business books. This fifth one was not, and that's the one that I have the most love for and get the most responses for. So that to me is, 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 is everything. Yeah. It's amazing what happens when you're personal or vulnerable and how it can create, you know, that connective tissue to help others realize they're not alone and, and giving them maybe a, a, a source of hope, uh, I was talking to a, a woman a couple, uh, last week and she said to me, uh, you know, people who are close to suicide are people who take their life. She said the reason a lot is not only because they're in just such pain, but because they don't have hope. Uh, and I thought that was, I mean, very chilling, but you know, to what you said, right. It's like uh, giving others hope in, in similar shoes, right. Through your own personal journey is a very powerful thing to do. So um, neat how you've taken your own pain and experiences and also opportunities that have come from it to help others th- through the same. So, thank you. Yeah. I mean, look again, you know, despite the fact that it, it appears that every single person in this, in this world, at least in this country right now, hates every single other person in this country, <laughs> still, we, we still haven't figured out anywhere else to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I kind of feel like, you know, our options are limited there. So we, why not, why not, why not try and help people? Or, I mean, you take Elon's spaceships, you know, but, well, uh, 
you know, whether, whether or not Elon should be a spokesperson <laughs> for anything is, is up for debate, but, um, you know, let's not go there. <laughs> sure. Um, let's, let's do one more question. Um, and I, this has been a lot of fun and really meaningful and enjoyable. Um, you know, saying that your daughter, uh, has been the most, you know, fulfilling moment of your life. What has being a father taught you about, you know, living and, uh, how does, how does that apply to your business and maybe even your, your personal relationships? Great question. I mean, it's taught me several things. It's taught me, number one, that that um, you can make a grilled cheese uh, countless ways wrong. Um, <laughs> I had no idea about this. I thought you put bread, a little butter, and cheese, toast it. No, it turns out you can make grilled cheese about 66 different ways, all of which are incorrect. Um, what else have I learned? <laughs> I've learned that um, I've learned that you can never sort of rest on your laurels when you have a kid because a kid is, and it's a great metaphor for life. A kid is going to constantly test you and constantly find new ways to, even no matter what you said yesterday, it's going to, it's going to alter that somehow and everything's going to change and you have to be constantly on your toes to get that answer. And so that's one of the best things I've ever found um, because it's the same thing for work and same thing for business, same thing for life, right? You should constantly be learning, constantly be trying to do new things. Um, I think also one of the cool things I learned about, um, about the came from having a daughter is really making an, an extended effort every single day to be the person that my daughter wants me to be. Um, and I think that again, it's something that you can learn for, for in, in real time for the world. You know, so many people, you know, try to be the person that, you know, I, I saw a great commercial once it's, it's, it showed a guy, it was for a, a dog adoption company or dog adoption or rescue service. And, uh, it showed a, a cop pulling over a, um, pulling over a speeder and the cop comes over and says, I need your license. And he takes this, takes this, that's such a cool license man, I'm so lucky to be stopping you. You're just the coolest. God, you're incredible. Here, here's your license back. I don't deserve it. Just drive safe. You know, and, and the, the guy's like, oh my God, you know, and he it pans over to the passenger seat. And there's a dog there and the dog's just looking at the guy and then the caption is like, you know, be the, be the person your dog already thinks you are. Right. And it's, it's the same with my daughter, my daughter, you know, I'm daddy, right. I'm awesome. But, but I got to live up to that. Um, you know, I, I'm good friends with her mom. We're, 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 we're divorced, but I'm good friends with her mom. And I, I will always treat her mom with the utmost level of respect and kindness um, because I never want my daughter to accept any less from that when she goes out of the real world, right? Yeah. So you, you got to focus on that. And so that's, you know, I'll show up at her school and pick her up on a random Tuesday with flowers just because it's a random Tuesday, right? I want her to, to expect that. I want her to, to under, but just the same, I want her to get hurt. I want her to, I want her to become stronger and be that warrior princess that, you know, not just a princess, not just a warrior, but the warrior princess that, that I know that she can, she can be. So I think it's, it's having a kid is great because it helps you grow and it helps you realize that a, it's not all about you. <laughs> Probably never was. And, and B there's um, there's always room to grow and always room to improve. Yeah. Wow. That's great. It's great. You, uh, you know, don't put her in the middle with the, uh, with, with the mom. That's, uh, ah, we're all good. Yeah, that's great. There is a, um, have you seen David Foster Wallace, Wallace's speech? This is water. Yeah. 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 I, I resonate a lot with that, but to what you said, right. It, you know, we're not the center of the universe. There's, there's a lot of things going on around us that we got to be conscious to. And, you know, you always living with got to be better every day, being a dad's a full-time job and, uh, yeah, I gotta, you know, it's never ending. So yeah. Uh, Peter, thank you for your, your one, your wisdom today, your, your stories, your, you know, humor, your depth. Uh, this is, this is super enjoyable. Where, where can people find you buy your book, reach out to you, all the things. So I'm at Peter Shankman on every single one of the socials. Um, my website is shankman.com. My email is Peter shankman.com. And uh, I encourage uh, anyone is welcome to reach out. I'm always happy to talk to you. I also have my own crypto coin. Uh, it's, it's on the rally platform and it's just shank. So anywhere uh, I, I'm pretty findable. It's, it's kind of hard not to find me. Mm. So you'd, you'd have to, you have to really work hard to not find me on the online. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, best of luck to you and um, your dog as well, and daughter, and uh, talk to you soon. All right, looking forward to it. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, I hope you leave a review on the platform of your choice and share it with a friend who you think would find it valuable. If you'd like to receive our written newsletter and thought leadership, head on over to bwmissions.com backslash newsletter and subscribe. See you on the next show.